chains from their homes in Africa, across the sea in chains, to live lives of servitude, that is, if they made it across the ocean alive. Newton was also known as a man who mocked God and a man who made fun of other Christian people. Anyone who expressed their faith in God was immediately denounced by John Newton. Yet whenever John Newton got himself into a difficult position, most of the time when he just barely escaped dying, which happened on several occasions, he always tried to live a better life. Now, this wasn't out of any love for God. This was simply because he feared damnation so much. But one close call was different, however. Uh, moments after he had left the deck of his ship during a storm, the man who came to the helm to replace him was washed overboard and drowned. Newton said that's when he suddenly realized his own helplessness, and so he began to pick up the Bible, and he began to read his Bible, and in time, he became a different man. In fact, he became such a different man, he became a Christian. He even got married, something that he had always kind of denounced, and lo and behold, he even became a pastor, and he became an active opponent of the slave trade. I don't know if you know who this John Newton is, but John Newton wrote these words. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Amazingly, friends, God opened John Newton's eyes, and he set his heart ablaze for Jesus. And guess what? God still does the same thing today. He still opens the eyes of blind people all over this world, and he still sets hearts ablaze for Jesus. Those are the two things we want to talk about this morning, having open eyes and having on-fire hearts. Let's start with this simple little point, that God opens our eyes. Now, I, for one, today say, thank God for that. I thank you that, like John Newton, I, who once lived apart from God, have had my eyes open to see Jesus. I think most of us know that many people in this world cannot see Jesus, for one reason or another. They just don't see him. I mean, the Bible even says the fool is set in his heart, there is no God. They don't see what's going on. Many people in this world, you're going to hear after a while from Pastor Hanak, you know, a nation that is nearly 2 billion people and barely 4% Christian, there are a lot of blind people in India. By nature, we're blind, though. The Bible says we were conceived in sin, we were born in sin. I always remember a fancy uh, seminary word, which was concupiscence. There you go, that's a big word for you today. That's the biggest one I'll use. It means, very simply, we are sin. We're just sin. We're blinded. We are natural enemies of God. But you know something? Even Christians sometimes have their eyes closed. Even believers are somewhat blinded to Christ. They have only half a picture, or they know only a little bit 
And so they're like looking through that dim glass where they've only got a partial revelation of who Jesus is. They, they know enough about him, but they've not bothered to learn anymore so their eyes could be wide open to see Jesus in all of his glory. I think that's something we can agree on. Many people can't see Jesus. By nature, we're all born blind. And believers sometimes even have their eyes closed to the truths of God. This month, I'm going to talk about building. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about building good missionaries or evangelists. Next week, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about building great families. And guess what the third week is called? Building great marriages. And the last Sunday of this month, right before you enter the voting booth, building great citizens. And I say sometimes that one bothers me because there are sometimes people who call themselves Christians who've absolutely positively got their minds made up about what they believe, but absolutely positively don't know what the Bible says about it. Those are blind people too. But I'm here today, too, to say thanks be to God. That's kind of our second sub-point. God uses the gospel to let us see Jesus. Now, some of you were raised in the church. You were brought to this church. Maybe even some of you were paraded up to the front at First Lutheran, and you were baptized here. And, and we at least teach and believe that through baptism, God can, can open the eyes of the person who's baptized. Through water and the word, it comes. Some of you, and I'm looking at you, John. You know, had to have his eyes opened a little later in life. And there are perhaps other people like that, that had walked through this life blind or were blinded by this world. But see, the gospel gives sight to the blind. Do you remember a message I, I talked about not long ago? I had you repeat some things. We need to do what? Preach Jesus, because what does Jesus do? Jesus pierces the heart. And when you preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, Lives have changed. I'm going to give you an example. This happened in a former church of mine. I was preaching the good news of Jesus one Sunday morning, and when church was over, this lady, sitting about two-thirds of the way back on my right-hand side, immediately came out of the row, came down the aisle, came right up to me, and she said, Pastor, did I understand you this morning? And I said, I don't know. What do you think I said? She said, did you say that there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. That it's all about Jesus. Is that what you said? I said, I hope so. <laughs> and she said, whoa, what a relief. It was like watching scales fall off of her eyes. Now, lest you think that this was some pagan woman who'd stumbled in off the street, this is a woman who was about 45 years old, her parents belonged to the church. She had been raised in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. She had gone to a Lutheran grade school. She had been confirmed. She and her husband had raised their family in the church. Their, ch their children were confirmed. They were baptized at that place. And yet she never fully understood that there was nothing she could do to save herself. As I stood and talked to her, she said, man, I've been killing myself for years somehow trying to bridge the gap between me and God. And suddenly we see what? That it's the cross that bridges the great divide. That's what the gospel does. The gospel gives sight to the blind. I preached overseas, and after preaching the gospel 
had a, a man run down the aisle with tears in his eyes who said, my life's been a waste, but now I'm a child of God. His blindness, his spiritual blindness was gone. Well, he not only gives sight to the blind, but he also opens our eyes. You know, even believers need to have their eyes open a little bit wider. Now, who are these guys on the road to Emmaus? They would be, I suppose, what you would call Christ followers of sorts. They had been his disciples. They knew about Jesus. They had been in Jerusalem. They heard about the whole uproar. Maybe they'd heard Jesus preached a few times. But yet, what were they doing? They were walking around like a bunch of Lutherans baptized in vinegar. Baptized in vinegar. You know, sour faces. You know, haven't you heard Jesus died on the cross? You know, and Jesus, starting at the beginning of the Bible, opened up all the scriptures, preached the gospel to them on this walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and their eyes were open. Let me ask you this. If you count yourself as a Christian, have you ever, during the time you've been a Christian, had an aha experience? Or kind of like, really? Or wow? And that's what happens when a low scale falls off of our eyes. You know, how many of you have heard the 23rd Psalm umpteen times? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down and creep. You could say that forwards and backwards. Yeah, but I, I can give you an, an aha experience I had. It's this, the Lord is my shepherd. I remember, I also said the Lord is my shepherd. But it was kind of like, the Lord is my shepherd out there. But he's mine. I can remember another aha experience when somebody shared John 3.16 and said, cross out some words there and write your name in. You know, for God so loved Nancy that he sent his only begotten son so that if Nancy believes, Nancy is saved. Or I could re re return it around for myself. It was like, wow. Or you walked out of an Easter service and you just said, oh man, this is great stuff. Jesus lives. You've walked away from a Christmas Eve service and you've heard the story of how God loved us enough to send the baby Jesus and you just go, oh man. And you've got to learn it again. It's like another scale falls off. But guess what? When you are blind and you can now see whether you were like a pagan who suddenly learns about Jesus for the first time, or even about a Christian who learns a little bit more about the wondrous things of Jesus, here's our second big point. God sets our hearts on fire. He really does. I mean, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, moves us to tell other people. Did you listen to the scripture readings this morning that the ladies read? There's some really good stuff in there. We could preach on each of these for months at a time. I looked back at the, at the first one, I think, that Muriel read from Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he's feeling kind of bummed out. And he said, I, I really would like to stop preaching. But what does he say? I'm not going to mention him and speak any more of his name. But his word in me is like a fire. Like a fire. Shut up in my bones. I can't hold it in. Now, with Pastor Hanuk, my wife's been making Indian food. They fed me fire the other day. I scraped as much of that fire off of my catfish as I could, but ooh, it sat here like a ball of fire. I was compelled to do something about it. Water, bread, milk, two tums EX. 
I did something about it. Now, when your heart is on fire for Jesus, what's going to happen? Well, the gospel moves us to tell other people. Now, the Emmaus disciples, did you notice how they went about sharing Jesus? It said that they ran. They could not wait. They didn't say, oh, that's a good story. Now, think about that for a while. Got a bunch of people in Jerusalem, I'm pretty sure, are blind. Uh, but it's close to home, and we're tired, and I could use a good night's sleep, and a nice meal, and, you know, after all, it's Sunday, and the Cowboys play at 3.45, and, you know, it's pizza night. I'll wait till tomorrow. You know, that's the way a lot of believers act with the gospel. We got it. We're happy. We got it. We know other people who need it. And we'll get around to it. We'll get around to it. Or sometimes we got the fire in our belly, but we're, we're afraid. We don't know what to say to other people. I had that happen this last week. Many of you know that I was consulting a church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And their pastor there has a heart that's on fire for missions. And lo and behold, in the Fort Wayne community are several hundred Burmese people, the Karin people and the Bantu people. And he is, he cannot wait to share the gospel with these people. And he's kind of charged off and done it. But the rest of his congregation is kind of, you know, I always think about this as a fact. We're behind you, Pastor. Way behind you. <laughs> and when I would ask people, you know, is your pastor passionate about missions? They go, oh man, is he ever? Well, what do you think about it? Well, we're not any good at that. Or, I don't know what I would do with those folks, or I don't know what to say. But you see the second sub-point under there, I think it's Roman numeral 2a, the gospel moves us, the Emmaus disciples ran to tell people, but we too are moved to tell other people about Jesus. Now, if any of you have ever said, I can't do this, I could not share Jesus with anybody, I'm too scared. I don't know how or what to say. I'm going to illustrate this morning that it is not that difficult. Amber, why don't you come up here for a moment. Amber is one of our confirmation students. We've only had one confirmation class thus far. Amber, come over here so I don't know if they'll be able to see you. Okay, they can see her lovely little face. I didn't tell her about this until right before church this morning, right? Okay, say yes. Yes. Okay. So you don't think you're just shaking your head because I was pulling the back of your hood. <laughs> but I took the very first confirmation class, and I said, I'm going to teach you how to share Jesus, and you don't even have to have words. I showed them pictures. Now, you may not be able to see this picture up close. That's because we don't have screens and projection here. I'm just mentioning it. <laughs> okay. But Amber... What can you tell us about this picture? What does this tell you? It is God. Okay, it's God. What do you know about God? Just looking at that picture. He is everywhere. Okay. What else? The, the circle. Remember what that shows us? Remember mm -hmm. what a circle without beginning? There is no beginning and end. Okay. And the whiteness in the middle tells us what about God? I can't remember that one. It's a Holy Spirit. Okay. okay he's, he's holy. This is God. And God is always active. He's like a circle without beginning without end and then I showed you I showed her this picture 
And understand they've had two weeks to forget this. Right, Garrett? Yeah, about two weeks. But here again, what do we have up here? That picture is God. Still, that's still God, but now what do we have here? Two people standing by each other. Okay, and they got their hands in the air. Why? Because they're praising God. They're praising God. Now, in the beginning, what did God do? He made ant the earth, the water, the animals, and then the sun and the moon. Okay, in the beginning, God created everything, and it was perfect. Man and woman were all happy. In fact, God's original design, the next picture, looks kind of the same, doesn't it? Kind of looks the same. Logan, you, you recognize these pictures? They look, they look familiar to you, I think. And we know that at the beginning, again, who is this? This is God. God, and what is God doing for the people? They are not praising him no more. Okay, they're, they still are. Remember, look at their hands. Yeah, they're praising him. Okay, they're praising him, and God is loving them. So in the beginning, everything was perfect. Man and woman love each other, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, but now we know what happened next in this little picture. This picture looks a little different. Now, again, you can't see it very well, but I'm... I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. We're not waiting for the screens to come. I'll help you out. <laughs> Suddenly, what's happened, Amber? They stopped praising God. They stopped praising God. In fact, now they got their hands on their hips, which I bet you do that for Grandpa sometimes, don't you? Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Where's Grandpa? <laughs> what, what does a kid mean when he stands like this? You know what that means? It means they're mad. Yeah, they're mad. And, and the arrows are not going back and forth, but now they're what? Going toward their self. Yeah, they're self-centered people. Now, look, there's something here. What happened? There's no grass. Yeah, there's no grass. Man and woman are separated. And now we get a new picture. It's a skull. And skull reminds us of what? The devil. The devil and death. And so when sin comes in the world, all we got to face is what? Death and the devil. Now, we know God has such a big heart. God can't stand that. You can't see the picture real close up here. But because God can't stand this, what did God do? He sent his only son, Jesus. Okay, and here's Jesus, isn't he? Remember mm -hmm. why he had a crown? Because he is the... I, Who wears a crown? You got one on. The You're king. only the princess. What is he? The king. Okay, he's the king. He's got this round circle around his head. Remember what that was? The halo. The halo? Yeah, the halo, because he's perfect. And so Jesus comes and Jesus does for us what we can't do ourselves. He dies on the cross. Right, he dies on the cross. In fact, that's what that next picture tells us. You look at that and, and we see here that Jesus loved us so much, he dies on the cross. Now, do we care? Yes. Yeah, we, maybe a little bit, but not much, but there's still sin in our lives. Now, remember what this was, the white Yes, it's the dove. It's the dove, the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. He sends the gospel. And if we accept what he believes, you remember what the cross did to our sin? Um, died on the cross for us, Jesus okay. did. Removes our sin. Now, it shows arrows again where we love each other and love God, but they're little lines. Do you remember why those lines are on there? Well, I'm surprised you only forgot one thing. That's pretty good. Because we can only love imperfectly. We're, we're not perfect. But we know that if we believe in Jesus, you can see this picture. Some of you can see that. Someday, what's going to happen? We're going to go to heaven. Okay, and in heaven, everything is bad or everything is good? Perfect. Everything's perfect. Let's thank Amber. <laughs> now, you're, you're saying, well, 
you know, those kids sat down for an hour with you, and you know, you spent a lot of time explaining each, each picture. I can't remember what you just told me. Well, good thing you came today, because I have a present for you. I gave a present to each of the kids last time. Here it is. I've got one for every one of you, but I am not going to give one to you if you will not use it. If all you're going to do is take it, stick it in your wallet, stick it in your pocket, chuck it in a drawer at home, sorry, <laughs> not yours. Now, let me show you. Some of you say, well, how can I remember what those pictures mean? Well, inside this little packet are all the pictures. They're all there. In fact, they even fold out for you. So you can fold them all back up so that you can look at these pictures and you know that God is perfect without beginning, without end. That God is always loving. You know that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And you know that his original plan was that we all love one another and love God. But we know that sin comes into the world. That's that self-centeredness and death comes in there. But God sends his son Jesus to do for us what we can't do. And if we believe in that, everything is repaired. Now you're saying, well, Pastor, I can't remember that either. <laughs> okay, everything I just told you is written on the back. <laughs> everything is written on the back. Now you can stand up to your friends and you can say, okay, well, Ted, I know you're a sinner. I want to serve Jesus. That's not the way to do it. But I can say, look at this picture, Ted. Uh, in the beginning, God, I don't know Genesis 1 verse 1, but I do. And in this illustration, he uses a symbol for God consisting of circles for pretty hair. You can see that. that he has a circle is one, God is one. One is circle, God is no beginning, no end. The other symbol has God's love because God's always love. That's first John 4 8. I'll show you that in the Bible. You could do that, can't you? You better say yes. Okay. Now, we're going to give you one of those at the end of the service. But I'm not going to stand up the door and hand them out discriminately. I actually have lots of them. That's lots of them. I bought 200 of them the other day. I've been giving these away for years. I'm going to give it to you in the same manner I've given it away to people in prison for years. I'll give it to you if you will promise to share that with someone else. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out and find a, a, some pagan somewhere. <laughs> I'm just saying you ought to practice it. Practice sharing your faith. But don't practice it with a fellow uh, First Lutheraner. But if you got a friend, sit down and say, could I, could I share this with you? I just want to kind of practice this. And when you're done, give it to them. But don't give it to them unless they're willing to share it with somebody else. Now, here's my deal. If you share it with somebody else and you give it to them, you can come back, I'll give you another one. Sound like a pretty good deal? Sound like a deal to me. Now, let me tell you what can happen. This is kind of a funny little story. Uh, the first time I ever taught this in prison, I, I had 70 or 80 men in my class. And at the end of the second day, when I handed these out, uh, we were walking down for chow, and one of the men says to me, uh, Doc, we got Muslims in this class. I said, really? He said, yeah, anybody can sign up for your Bible class. They don't have to be Christian. And I thought, did I offend some Muslims because I told them about how Jesus saves them? But the next day, this young man came in. He said, can I have another one? Can I have a bunch of them? I said, well, one, one at a time. He said, okay. I said, you shared it with somebody else? Yes. Came back the next day. He said, I got to have more. 
So I said, well, okay. I gave him three or four more. And the next day he says, can I have more? And I said, who are you sharing this with? He said, I got all kinds of friends back in the dorms, back down at you know, the East Yard. And I'm sharing it. I probably gave him 10 or 15 people. And on the last day we had our worship service and we asked people at the end if they wanted to come and receive Jesus. This young Muslim man who'd been sharing Jesus all week, Harun Sharif L, walked the aisle to receive Jesus. How did he come to Jesus? He sat in some crazy guy's class from Illinois, learned the pictures. He really can't read. He's not literate, but he could tell the story. And in telling the story, what did it do? He lost his spiritual blindness and his heart got on fire. Well, the last part of our outline simply says, God gives us a mission to open eyes. That's what we're to be about, to open eyes. And our mission starts close to home. I want you to understand it. It starts right here, right now, River City. It starts, somebody asked me when I first came, Barry, what do you think one of your first jobs will be? And I said, to tear down the walls. And they said, what walls? I said, the walls that surround First Lutheran to keep the Lutherans in and everyone else out. <laughs> now, I said that kind of as a joke, but not really. <laughs> it starts close to home, but we know in the scriptures it's got to be in Jerusalem, it's got to be in Judea, our surrounding areas, it must be in Samaria where the people that no one wants to deal with are located and it also needs to be at the ends of the earth. And that's where I want to invite Pastor Hani to come forward here. Pastor Hani, if you come forward. He and I have been friends for, I don't know, six or seven years. He's from Hyderabad, which is in south central India. And he works right on the firing line. So I've asked him just very briefly this morning to tell us a little bit about what he does and what we can do to assist him in doing mission work. So open blind eyes, fire up hearts. Okay. I bring greetings to you uh, from uh, your brothers and sisters from India, people just like you who worship the Lord. We Christians are very few in our nation. India is a, a small country with a, a big population and 80% uh, of the people are Hindus. You know, they worship idols and uh, you know, they don't know the true living God. But we praise God. There's a great Christian witness in our nation. We are 4% Christians. We are growing. You know, um, uh, many years ago, the Lord has uh, opened the eyes of my father, who was a Hindu. My mother, who was also Hindu, they were worshipping idols. Um, my father, my mother, they happened to meet a Lutheran pastor and who uh, shared the gospel with my father and uh, my mother. And both of them, they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, because of that, my father and my mother, they were uh, thrown out from their families. They were like, uh, you know, uh, their family members disowned them. My father was working in railways, so my mother and my father, they just uh, uh, lived separately and uh, very strongly in faith. They followed the Lord faithfully. And uh, so I grew up in that family. I'm the only son. I have no brothers and sisters. When I grew up as a young man and the Lord, I had an encounter with the Lord and come to know the Lord and experienced His love and given my life to Jesus. God took me to the city of Hyderabad and uh, where, that's where I, I, you know, I do my ministry and God has called me uh, to serve Him. 
and you know <clears throat> today i'm standing here because of pastor barry uh, for uh, seven years uh, you know uh, our, uh, my friendship and association with him is uh, what has uh, brought me to texarkana and to meet with many of you and to see you and uh, i'm in hyderabad in india involved in uh, 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 ministry i also serve as a pastor of my church in hyderabad i have about 400 people and over the years the lord has enabled us to plant 49 churches in our in our state all these churches we have planted in a places where there was no christian witness and there's no christian church at all and uh, the lord is doing great things in our nation and uh, you know you might have heard it's very difficult to live as a christian in our country there's a lot of persecution that is going on you know even now there's a lot of uh, persecution that is going on in, in the state of orissa in karnataka state just like that about the six states uh, which are ruled by the hindu fanatic groups uh, you know the christians are being persecuted but you know the church is growing church is growing we are growing the government announced us a four percent but we are more than that we are just growing and uh, you know the hindu fanatic groups they are afraid of us that we're going to change and grow and become a big number in our country and you know <clears throat> the lord is good and uh, you know helping us and uh, in spite of all this uh, persecution the church is growing you know a lot of people are giving their lives to the lord i have people in my church most of them almost like is 80% of them they're all from hindu background they given their lives thrown their idols they come and worship god you know and uh, uh, you know, if the Lord enables uh, you, please come. You are welcome to come and see us in uh, India. And uh, pray for us and our ministry. We also do a lot of outreach ministry, reaching out to the villages and people, helping them with a uh, lot of social helps and to share the love of God. And, uh, you know, um, so my family and I have my wife, her name is Ruth. And my, I have uh, two daughters, Shaman Shekaina. And also I have a son, Finney. We all in the ministry, we are serving God. And so remember my family and the ministry that, uh, you know, uh, the Lord has asked us to do. And uh, so thank you so much. Thank you. You mentioned uh, Nancy and I have been privileged to be uh, together with him. He's in the process of uh, he's been in six different churches as they rent places, but he began building a church about two years ago? Three years. Three years ago. And Nancy and I were there, and the, the lower level is all done and everything. They have to complete the upper level of their church, their worship center. So we'll hopefully be able to help and encourage him. Uh, but I, I want you to understand that even while he is an, what we'd call an indigenous pastor, he's a, a native Indian uh, doing work there. He really becomes one of our missionaries as we support him. And, and I know we have prayed for him repeatedly this weekend, but I've asked him, I'm going I'm to arbitrarily skip a little bit of our order of service here, uh, but I've asked him to pray for this church as well, if you would, Pastor. I want to pray for the church here. And, I, you know, uh, it's, I think it's a privilege God has given to me to come all the way to Texarkana, to meet with all of you. I believe that God has a great plan for this church. And I believe God has a great plan for each one of you and your families and your, and your children. And uh, I think that you are so important to God. And I just feel this morning. So I want to pray for each one of you. Shall we all stand with me? Would you like to stand with me as I pray? Uh, let's join our hearts together. And uh, 
and as I pray and uh, let's see, ask the Lord for His oh, mighty, wonderful blessings and mercy. And you see that God, what God is going to do uh, through each one of you. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and thankful to you, Lord, this morning for bringing all of us together, even me, from all the way from India, Lord, to come and to worship you, Lord, in this place uh, with your dear children, O oh Father. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Barry and his family, O oh Master God. Lord, that many years that, Lord, ago that you brought us one, Lord, together and contacted us, Lord, made us this connection to one another. And Lord, through him, I was able to come to this place uh, and to meet your dear children, O oh Father. So I am so thankful to you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, this morning, O oh Father. We thank you for your plans and your purposes in this place, which you are going to, Lord, fulfill, Lord, in the time to come, O oh Father. We thank you. This morning, I pray for the whole church together. And I believe that you have a great plans for this church. You have a great purposes to be fulfilled from this place, O oh Father. That, Lord, I pray you are already setting fire on the hearts of your children this morning. I thank you, Jesus, Father God. I thank you. I pray that you would bring a great expansion to the ministry and the church here and prosperity to every child of thine in this place, O oh Father. Lord, and their families that you would bless them and their children, O oh Father, and their elderly people and their the grandchildren. Father, we just thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. I pray by the Holy Spirit that you touch everyone, strengthen them in their faith, O oh Father. I pray that you would bring he complete healing to anyone that is or has a sickness, anything. I pray Father, you are healing upon them this morning. I thank you, Jesus, because we worship a God who is the living God. We thank you. We worship the God who is the creator of heaven and earth, O oh Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you are doing in these days uh, around the world in many nations, O oh Father. We thank you because your church is growing, O oh Father. We know there is nothing can stand against the church of God and the gates of hell shall not stand against the church of God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus this morning. Lord, we just want to love you. Lord, we just want to surrender our lives completely to you, Father. Lord, to the call that you have given to each one of us, O oh Master Father. We just want to serve you. We want to obey you. Lord, we want to follow you faithfully. We want to be a witness so that we can share what you have done on the cross to many others, O oh Father, so that we will bring many others into your kingdom, O oh Father. We thank you. There shall be a day when there will be a people from every nation, every tribe, from every class, from every group who will be worshipping you and, and praising you, Father. We thank you. We know, Lord, we just thank you for the fellowship that you have given to us. I know it's not limited to this world, but unto eternity, O oh Father, we thank you. Lord, we just, Lord, pray for the leadership in the church, every elder and the leaders and the deacons and everyone, O oh Father, a very special touch from heaven and the blessing upon their families, upon their children, O oh Father, we thank you, Lord. We just commit our lives into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, while you're still standing, if you look on page five of your worship folder, you see the LWML pledge. And we are going to conclude our service this morning with the pledge and our closing song, after which I'm going to invite Pastor Hanek to go to the front door to greet you. And anyone who would like to have a divine plan, remember the deal? I'll be up here. I'll be glad to, to give you one. So let's join together in the LWML pledge. In fervent gratitude for the Savior's dying love, and his blood-brought gift of redemption, we dedicate ourselves to him with all that we are and have, and in obedience to his call for workers in the harvest field, 
we pledge him our willing service wherever and whenever he has need of us. We consecrate our Savior, our hands to work for him, our feet to go on his errands, our voice to sing his praises, our lips to proclaim his redeeming love, our silver and our gold to extend his kingdom, our will to do his will, and every power of our life to the great task of bringing the lost and the erring into eternal fellowship with him. Amen. Let's join in our closing song. Cross the cross of God. 